This podcast is brought to you by Hostfully. We make property management software and digital guidebooks. To learn more and sign up for our industry newsletter, please visit Hostfully.com. Hey, fellow hosts, if you want to take your hosting business to the next level, then join the Short-Term Rental Profit Academy. Whether you own, rent, or manage properties, we have the resources, the tools, and the community to help you achieve your goals. The Short-Term Rental Profit Academy is ready for any host, any size, and includes a membership portal with over 50 hours of video lessons, a private Facebook group, and weekly live coaching calls, where Eric and I give you direct feedback and help you solve your biggest challenges. We're all about taking action and getting results. So if you're ready to start crushing it, sign up for our program at strprofitacademy.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad podcast number 336. Today we're going to talk about something really, really important. We're going to talk about how you can optimize your photo gallery. And I have an expert in photography. Uh, I'm going to introduce her. Her name is uh, Vicky Fischner. And she's got a long list of uh, achievements and titles and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go through it real quick. Uh, she has a, a degree in architecture, interior design, master degree in photography. She's been Airbnb photographer, Airbnb plus photographer and quality inspector for about eight years, she's done over 3,000 homes. So she is an expert when it comes to photography. And uh, Vicky is going to explain to us today how we can create amazing photos, how we can do the staging so that the photos look great, but also so that the photos will help the viewer visualize the experience that they can have in your place, which is what it's all about. And also she's going to talk about how to take great pictures with your smartphone. So Vicky actually wrote a book on this topic. And the title of the book is Smartphone Airbnb Photography Guide. She just recently published it. So Vicky, long intro, but welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Nice to be here. Yeah, I'm very excited to, to have you on because photos are the most important part of the listing. I think everybody understands that, everybody knows that, but still, as I go through Airbnb listings, I still see a lot of photo galleries that either have blurry photos or the photos, they, they don't fit well, they're the wrong resolution and, and they're cut off, or the photos aren't just aren't good because the staging isn't good. There's either clutter lying around or whatever it may be. So we're going to go through exactly how you can compose the perfect photo gallery. And it all starts with the staging. And Vicky, I know that when you were a Airbnb Plus photographer, and I, I guess you still are, right? Yes. You still are, well, right? the, the, the problem is on hold now, the plus, but the Airbnb marketplace is still going and I'm still with them. I'm not shooting right now because of the, the coronavirus thing that we're all, we're all going through the same things. But yeah, I'm still I'm still working with them. You still work. And how long have you been an Airbnb photographer? 
since 2011. Yeah, so 10 yeah. years almost. 3,000 homes. That's that's really incredible. Over 2,000. Yeah, I photographed in places like Brazil, Spain, Italy, France, even Morocco. I photographed mm-hmm. them. I would just like, I would travel and then I would stay at Airbnb because I'm also a host as well. Right. And, but I was, and I was allowed to traveling. So I'll just stay in a place and they had like terrible photos. So I would say to talk to the host, like, hi, do you mind if I'm staying there? I take some photos for you, you know, to upgrade this. They were like super happy. Uh, that was so a nice that, way to travel and make some money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, that's awesome. And you were a host in, in Barcelona, here in Barcelona. We both live in Barcelona. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's all right. How long have you been hosting for? I've been hosting for the last six years. That's the time I've been living in my new, not so new now apartment. And I do home share because I live here. So I have an extra room and people can come and stay with me, with my dog, Chile. So if anyone wants to come to Barcelona, (laughs) it's a nice place to stay. They can stay with you. Okay. Anybody who wants to come to Barcelona, uh, check out the show notes on the Get Paid for Your Pad blog. You'll see a link to Vicky's Airbnb listing and you can stay with Vicky. And then while you're staying there, you should pick her brain on your photos right show her your listing and then she can give you some tips so that way it's going to be a fun but also a very productive trip so let's uh let's dive in so i think the first thing that people often forget when they either schedule a professional photography shoot or when they take the pictures themselves i think they forget to really take the time to stage the apartment well so can you explain a little bit what what does that mean staging and what are the most important things that people should pay attention to when they are preparing their units for the photo shoot so the first thing they should do which i always do is like whenever i get a request for photos i write the host of course and then i give him my list of simple things that he can do to prepare the space which is not the stage yet it's just the basic preparers like of course clean the the windows you know the glasses open all the windows the blinds because you want the light to come in make the bed seems obvious but so many people don't make the bed and they're like cannot shoot like this it looks like someone was just sleeping here they want to show that to you know to your guests no it's not very attractive also declutter the kitchen and all those things and close the toilet lid please <laughs> rule number one <laughs> should be close the toilet lid in every photo and then there comes the staging so staging is not like decorating the space it's just using some props we call props some objects to make it feel more homey and more more appealing and give you a little more like humanity. So you want the guests, when you see the, your photos, you want them to look at them and see, ah, no, could be me here. So little things like a glass of wine in a bottle, only if you have like a balcony table, you know, just take that. So you can imagine himself just sitting there, having a glass of wine after a long day walking, a nice, like a, an open book. In a uh, in a recliner or in a nice reading nook or in a, or even in the bed, you know, some things like this or like a hat in a bed, like you you know he just came for the beach or just going to the beach. Things that give you the idea of emotion, things that give give you the idea that it could be you in this place. You know, this could be like a preview of your holidays. Yeah, and I love that because what you really want to do is you want to help the viewer visualize the experience that they can have at your place. And so the way you describe it in the book is you want to make it look like there there was somebody just there and that that person just left, right? So there's there's either an open book on the table or there is, you know, a coffee cup or a glass of orange juice. Um you always want to make the table before you take a picture. 
Um, so these are these are really important things that I think uh, a lot of people forget uh, when they take their pictures. Now, I think one thing that's really important to remember also is that you don't want to have too much personal stuff, right? You don't want to have personal exactly. stuff lying yeah. around. So there's a fine line, and this is something that you describe in your book very well. You have a lot of pictures where you give examples, but there's a fine line between having some items and props, as you as you call them, in the space to help people, you know, visualize the experience. But at the same time, you want to leave a lot of open space as well, right? So how how can we find that that fine line, that balance between having some units, having some objects, but but not so many? So the first thing is that so when you're styling a place, the idea is that you're creating scenes. You know, it's about storytelling. So you want to tell a story that something was going on here. And that's the thing, like, like if someone just here but just left and you took a picture, but you don't want it to look like you're trespassing someone else's spaces. So you don't want to show, like, their shoes on the floor or their, I don't know, like, a T-shirt, you know, or anything. You want some things that can be used also as decorative things. So, like, hats, maybe a sunglasses or reading glasses, you know, things that don't look too personal. No. Right. Imagine like when you're reading a magazine about how the core, pay, pay attention to which props they usually use. You know, they're not going to use something really personal, something like this. Uh, one thing that sometimes can be a little complicated, electronics. You can put an iPad, you know, something because everybody or, or a Kindle reader or something like that. But sometimes if you put like a computer with the screen on, it looks like I just interrupted someone who was working. Some people actually, it happened to me that people thought that so the owner wanted to be like have a computer because they have a working space and all went for executives. So he wanted to have the computer like it's like, I don't think it's a good idea. And then someone rents in the place and there was no computer. They're like, where is the computer? Uh, you didn't bring one. That's just for station. No, I thought I was going to be here able to work because there was a computer. <laughs> so there are some things like this that you have to be careful about. Some kind of props that you know you shouldn't use some as you can. And also about you don't want to accessorize too much the space. Because you want it to still feel like clean and visually not too busy, you know, like accessorizing a table, a dining table or a coffee table. You have to see the surface, keep some space so you can see the surface. So one thing that I sometimes I do is just, you don't know, you're not sure what to put. So you have some candles, you have some flowers, you have some books. You just put everything there and then you take a picture with your phone because the phone seems different than the eye. And then you see, oh, this looks too clutter. Then you take off a few things, you know, one, two, three. Groups of trees always work. Three objects always look good. Because one just looks a little lost, like this poor candle over there, <laughs> like alone. So just use like groups of trees and just go changing and taking photos because the good thing about phones is that you can take many photos testing. You know? It's not like when you had analogic, they have like those 12 shots and that was it. Until you find what makes <laughs> looks good. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think that's a really good idea. Um, and I love what you just said. You said the the phone has a different eye than than we do, right? The it looks different on a, things look different on a picture. And so I think people are probably biased to having too many things on the tables. And so if you if you put some things on the table, you take a picture with your smartphone. And you see what it looks like, and then probably you want to remove. When in doubt, you probably want to remove one or one or two items, right? Yeah, exactly. That's something that we use when when women are accessorizing as well. You know, we just put all your bangles and your rings, and then you 
before you're leaving, you just stop again in front of the mirror and remove a few things and that looks better. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Hi, everybody. It's Margot Schmorak. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Hostfully. We are so happy to be sponsoring this podcast with Jasper in hopes that it helps you during this challenging time. Hostfully helps 17,000 property managers around the world with property management software and digital guidebooks. And even in the midst of these hard times, we're seeing our customers get creative. I thought you might like to hear a few stories from them. One of our customers who's based outside of New York City is changing their rental model and shifting to long-term stays. And despite many cancellations, she was able to get a two-month booking in one of her rentals. Another customer took advantage of this time to do some poignant email marketing, emphasizing that they thoroughly clean the rental after every guest, and also implementing a 48-hour waiting period to protect future guests from any potential harm. To hear more stories like these and prepare yourself for this very low, but hopefully very short season, please go to hostfully.com and sign up for our newsletter. We're excited to hear from you. Be well. Awesome. So just to summarize, you know, the staging is, is really important. So you, you really, obviously, you have to get the basics down. You want to make sure everything looks clean, remove all the personal items. One of the things that you say in the book as well is remove anything that's not decorative, right? And, and what you mean by decorative things are things that you just mentioned that actually look good in the photos, um, and then, you know, make sure to leave a few things and especially the things that can help the viewer visualize the experience that they can have in the unit. And I think, and I, I already said this a couple of times, but I just think this is so important. I think it's a number one thing that's missing in most Airbnb listings is really to help that person visualize that experience. Most people, their mindset, I think when it comes to photos is they just haven't, their mindset is, hey, we just need to take some pictures of the space. We need to show the space, right? They don't really think about the uh, the experience. So that's uh, that's really, really important. Let's move on to the actual photos. Now, I know you, you have a whole section on how can you take great photos with your smartphone. But before we dive into that, let's talk about the how many photos do you need? Because I know in your book, you have a checklist as well that people can use to make sure they have the right amount of photos. So how many photos do we need? Do we need one photo per space or multiple photos per space? So it just is always a suggestion uh, because every every house is going to be different. Every property is different, of course. But what I like to do, first thing, I always take more pictures than the ones that are going to use in the end because with digital photography, you just have this so much freedom, you know, that so much possibility. So you can take a lot of pictures and then you're going to choose the, the ones that you like. For really small spaces, they're not the main space in the house, like a bathroom. One, two pictures is fine. Unless you have like a really luxurious bathroom with this amazing tub or something and a rain shower. And then you want to, because those are really um, special features. So you want to take more pictures of that. But it's just like a normal bathroom. One photo, two photos is fine. Then other spaces like bedrooms always try to take photos from different angles so can people have a good 3D idea of the space because it's important that you give this idea of so they can visualize the space through the photos. Sometimes, you know, it's horrible when you see, oh, this is such a nice room and then you get that and it's really small, you know. You get disappointed, you know, and you don't want this feeling of when people are staying at your fucking rental, they want, you want that thing to be perfect. You want them to be like, wow, this is actually better than in the pictures. So be clear in the photos, you know, you don't want to lie in the photos, you don't want to make it what not is not, but be clear. So for angles, shoot for like one or three, 
one, two, three, or five angles, well, not five angles, four angles. And then one frontal. I always like to do one frontal, like frontal facing the bed or facing the couch or something like that. So you can have idea, you know, like different views. And always with the staging, don't forget the stage. Uh, so it looks better. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Like you can see what looks better, you know, you can take a lot of photos and then you can choose the ones that you like most. There's no rule, but like this, the idea is that if someone is looking at your place, they can have a good idea of the space even without being there in person. I think that's the most important thing. Sure. And uh, I have your your checklist uh, right in front of me actually here from your book. So I'm just going to go through it uh, just to give people an idea how many photos per space you recommend. Um, so, of course, we start with the cover photo, right? The the featured image, the one that's going to show up in your search snippet. The hero shot. The hero shot. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more. Shot. Yeah, the hero show. We'll talk a little bit more about that photo because obviously that's a really important one. But here's the list that you recommend. So one cover photo, one photo of the exterior, the facade. I think that's important too because people want to know what they're getting into. And I have for my properties, I have a photo of the entrance as well. So that it's very clear to people, oh, this is this is the house. This is where I go in because yeah. um, people want to know exactly what they're getting into, right? So um, I think that's an important one that some people uh, tend to miss. Then one photo of the hall of the or the entrance, two to four of the living room, and one should be a detail shot. One or two photos of the dining room, two to four general photos, and one detail photo of the bedrooms, and one to two photos of the bathroom, and then two to five photos of the garden slash patio. Right. And then if you have any any other spaces, uh, whether that's a park, parking, entryway, elevator, game room or whatever it may be, then you can add a, a photo of each of those. One thing I'm curious about, you say for the garden patio, two to five photos. Sounds like that's that's quite a lot. Is that because the outdoor space is so important as part of the listing? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is like. If you have an outdoor space, that's an extra to sell, you know, because it's really good to be able to sit outside, you know, in a good climate, everything. So I think that's really important. And it's a high selling point, you know. And usually, like, in my, my opinion as a photographer, I love photographing outdoor spaces, so much nice angles. You can just, you can tell a story photographing a garden, you know. You can actually make people feel like, oh, this looks so nice. And, oh, like you're working in your office, you know, like dreaming about your holidays and it's just like walls and fluorescent lights and all that. And you just look at those photos of this lushy green garden. Maybe you have a hot tub or something. You immediately be like, oh, I want to be here. <laughs> you know? so, that's, so that's why I think it's so important if you have another space, like to really highlight those things. Uh, one thing that I, I, I didn't put there, but actually it's like you don't have to shoot. We usually we don't Airbnb does, doesn't publish those photos when you shoot and we don't shoot unless it's really designed laundry room. You don't need to photograph a lot because usually they're not very photogenic, not very beautiful, and you can just put on the on the amenities list that you have laundry and dryer. So that's not something that you need to photograph. You usually don't publish that. And what else? Garage. You can say there is a garage, but if it doesn't look also super clean, there's no need to actually take a photo of the insides of the garage or just or just like with the closed door of the garage. So people can see that they have parking space, but try to photograph what looks nice. You know, you don't have to photograph everything. You can talk about it in the description and in the amenities. 
Yeah, one thing I find very useful about your book as well is you actually have a floor plan. And by the way, that's something that I always recommend to people to put a floor plan of, yeah. of your unit on your listing. But you uh, you included a, for, a floor plan where you've put the little camera icons in the places where you would I recommend people... Yeah, where you recommend people to take a photo. So that's that's really useful because uh, I think, you know, for myself, if I if I take photos of a place, um, I always wonder like, oh, should I stand in this corner? Should I stand in this corner? You know, what what are the different angles? So having that uh, having that floor plan with all the camera icons is is very uh, very useful. Um, let's move on to the cover photo, right? That's obviously the most important photo. You called it the the hero shot. Can you tell us, like, what, what is a good cover photo? What should it be showing? So a cover photo, it's now is the first photo that people see. And they're usually going to be, you know, just browsing to apartment. It's going to be just a thumbnail size. So it have to be, has to be a photo that doesn't have too many things going on because it's going to see it smaller. So it has to be, like, has to be appealing. It doesn't have to be, like, too busy. And this is the photo that's going to, it has to be really eye-catching because people, they're browsing. They're going to have three to eight seconds looking at each photo, you know, if they don't open your listing. Now, in between all those sea of apartments, you want people to look at this one tiny photo of yours and think, well, I want to see this one better, you know. So good ideas of cover photos are, well, first, the space that's more interesting about your house, what makes it unique. If you have, like, a really unique facade or if you have, like, a beautiful garden, a swimming pool, a jacuzzi, or just... Your bedroom is super cozy. It's a bedroom that people would see in Pinterest and say, like, I want to paint this, like, that's dreamy bedroom. Or, like, a really nice, nice living room, you know, like a couch. You want to do something that's going to be, like, really appealing. And usually for cover photos, frontal shots work better, better than corner shots. So you're going to want to try to shoot something that is facing the wall frontally, not for a 24-25 angle. It's just, it's clearer for the eyes, for see that something like that. Unless it's a garden, then it doesn't matter so much. Right. So the cover photo should show something that stands out, that's unique about your listing, should be one of your most attractive features. Uh, for example, my place in Colombia, I've got the, the photo of the roof terrace because that's the, that's the one thing that people love most about my apartment. Um, and then also, I think it's a good idea to choose your featured image, choose your cover photo, and then try to find your own listing in the search results, in the Airbnb search results, and see what it looks like compared to all the other listings yeah, that are in your neighborhood. That's a great right? tip. Yeah, because in the end of the day, what you said is very true. Like when you search on Airbnb, you're going to be shown, you know, a whole number of listings, right? And depending whether you use the map functionality or not, you're going to you're gonna see a number of listings. And, you know, you only have a few seconds to really grab the attention of the, of the viewer and turn that viewer into a guest. And so, you know, your, your featured image on that page, it should really stand out, whether it's, you know, a different colors. Like, for example, if everyone's showing a living room in your neighborhood as, as their cover photo, then maybe you want to show a picture of the view, right, with the blue sky or something, because that's immediately going to pop and that's immediately going to attract the attention of, of the viewer. And the only real purpose of, of your cover photo is to get people to click on your listing uh, and check it out. Right. And then, and then you go from there. Right. And then the second, the third photo, every photo has to add something, add something of a value, show something new, show something attractive that the, the viewer keeps, 
keeps going through the photos um, and eventually they, exactly. you know, they are, they just, they see so much. They're sold. Yeah, they're sold. They, they see so many things that they want to do. They see, you know, sitting on the balcony and the, having a glass of wine, the cozy, you know, the living room with the Netflix on the TV. They can envision themselves just, you know, just lying on the couch and watching Netflix and stuff like that. So that's really how you want to think about it. Let's move on to the smartphone. Tips for your smartphone, right? Because right now, obviously, we're in this corona crisis and people might not want to have somebody over at their home to shoot photos. And just to be clear, um, you know, your, your book is, uh, is about how to take great pictures with your smartphone, but you still recommend that people get a professional photographer, right? Yeah. So I wrote this book because, so let me tell you about a little about myself besides what you told, because I've been living, so I live in Barcelona. I'm a host myself. I'm a photographer. So when, well, we went into lockdown on March 13, Friday the 13th. I'll never forget that. <laughs> Ironic. And so even before that, Airbnb had already for, forbidden us photographers to shoot because of the coronavirus. No, we could not work. We're still not allowed to, to be back to work for them. We got emails saying that, you know, we couldn't do it because of safety reasons. And I also I had all my bookings canceled. I had people who come in to stay here. It's good season for me. So everything was canceled. And I was just home, like going crazy, like, what can I do? So I had this idea. I started just like, re not renewing my house, but just like redecorating some things and all, I'll walk by the strollers and all, and I'll always have to repaint it. So I'm like, that's a good time to work on my, you know, on my house so then I can have guests again. It's going to be look nice. And then I said like, okay, so I'm going to take some new pictures. I have my camera here. But one day I was just, just with my phone and I take a picture and like, oh, that looks really nice. And then I said like, oh. I can help people, help other hosts like me who are just in home, who have lost their income, their bookings, you know. So I wrote this book so you can enjoy this time, this forced break to, you know, work on your house, on your listing, give it some love. You know, I give home decor tips on the book also because I'm an architect, you know, really easy ones, things that you don't have to spend a lot of money, just some details that are really going to bring some new life for the place, you know, give it a new look, a new vibe. And then... Of course, sometimes you can't call a photographer right now. So I teach how to use your own cell phone. It doesn't have to be a new model, the best on the market. You're going to see my book, some photos I took with a Samsung S7, the old one that I have, and they look great. Now, some smartphones have come such a long way nowadays. You can take amazing features of them. And the idea is that, you know, in the book, I choose to teach you how to redecor your place. You know, you just some, just some, some, some tricks and some things that you can do to actually make it look better and then style the, for the photos and then take photos using your phone with the features that your phone has. You don't have to use anything else. You don't have to download any extra apps. You don't have to pay for anything. Just with your phone has. No, and that's the idea. So I could help hosts out there. But yes, you should always fire a photographer when this is over because even with amazing phones, and there are some amazing ones nowadays, the, the experience, the eye, the the equipments that we have, you know, all the years that we put into it, it's not, it's not going to be the same. So, yeah, when you, when you have, we're back on your feet, call a photographer, a professional one. Don't leave us out of job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But let's, uh, let's dive into some of the actual tips that you have for how people can use their smartphone to at least get some decent photos, right? Because I, when I take a photo with my smartphone, it, it just never really looks great. 
Good. So I know you put a lot of tips in there. So let's go, let's go through some actual tips that people can use. Okay, tip number one that is going to make a lot of difference when you're photographing your space with a smartphone and something that I see a lot of people do even when they're taking photos of people. So I know it's going to be your first instinct to take your phone and do like this and put it an eyesight because, you know, like when you see things, you're seeing things and they look fine. So I'm just going to put it from here and do the same. But like I say, like the camera of, of a smartphone is different. It sees different. So if you take it, especially if you're tall, if you're not really short, it's going to look like you're, have, you're going to have too much ceiling or too much floor or you're going to tilt the camera and everything's going to be distorted. So you don't want to do that. You actually want to shoot with your phone lower around like uh, the doorknobs hey, or your belly button high because that's the, the, the high that you use when you're shooting with a camera. And you're going to see you're going to have much more balance between floors and ceilings. And don't tilt the phone because that's going to create distortion. Try to put it vertical, you know, parallel to the walls and perpendicular to the floor because then you're gonna, not going to cause distortion of the lines. So that's like thing number one to do. Also, another thing that's really important and people forget a lot, clean the lenses of your phone. <laughs> Sometimes they say, oh, my photo don't, don't, they don't come out good. And it's so, like so blurry. Oh, my phone is not good. It is. Just clean the lenses. Because <laughs> you're always touching it. You know, and then you don't realize it's actually dirty. So just like with your T-shirt or anything, just clean it and you're going to see the difference. You know? Yeah, those are, those are good tips that definitely happened to me where the lens uh, ended up being dirty. So just to clarify, because... Um, this is uh, we're recording this on uh, on video. If you're listening to this, you can watch these uh, uh, podcast episodes on YouTube, so you can actually see us uh, if you want to. But you're talking about the height of the iPhone, right? So most people, when they take a picture, their natural instinct is to hold it in front of their face, and you're saying that's typically too high. So you wanna yeah. you wanna put the phone uh, on the level of your belly button, more or less. You don't want to tilt it because that kind of distorts the lines. And then the other thing is, you know, you want to make sure you have a good balance between the ceiling and the floor so that it's, you know, it's balanced. You don't see a whole lot of the ceiling or a whole lot of the floor. And then also you want to sh make sure that you shoot straight or from 45 degree angles. I'm just reading these from your book right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to give all my book away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell that there's a lot more that we can, there's no way we can cover even 25% of the book because it's, uh, it's actually very, very uh, elaborate. Um, you really went out of your way to include uh, a lot of information. So I think we'd need about uh, two and a half or three hours to really go through all the <laughs> tips. Uh, but anyway, we're 30 minutes in already. So why don't you tell people where they can find your book? So you can find my book at the website smartphonephotoguides.com. I think Jasper is going to put the link after. And actually, I wanted to say something special. I wanted to give you all from the community a special discount so you can buy the book. So it's good. Jasper is also going to put the code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you can buy the book with a 25% discount. 25% so discount. 25%, yes. All right, that's awesome. We're feeling generous today. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, and it, yeah, the book is, my idea was to do a very visual, you know, illustrated book. So I'm talking about photography and talking about architecture, decor, styling. So it doesn't make sense to do a book that is a lot of writing, you know, a lot of text. So there are some texts, of course, you know, but there are also a lot of images. So it's an easy to read book because I want it to be really self-explanatory also, very didactic. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's so a lot yeah. of images in there. 
And that's yeah. that's actually, I think, one of the most valuable parts of it is where you're literally showing in the photos, you're explaining all the concepts, like the the rule of the thirds, which we didn't get into, but it's it's very easy to understand once you see it in action, because I've always been a little bit confused about that. But um, but yeah, so people can get 25% discount. Your book, what, what does a book cost? 10 euros, is it? Oh, uh, yeah, 990. Right, got it. Smartphonephotoguides.com. Smartphonephotoguides.com. All right. I'm going to put a link in the this in the show notes on getpaidforyourpad.com. So you can go check out the show notes. The link will be in there. You get 25% uh, discount. I highly recommend the book. I just, I read it entirely, uh, which I wasn't planning on doing, on, honestly. I was going to skim through, but then I, I it really uh, caught my attention. So I, I ended up reading the whole book. Um, what's the code that people can use to get the 25% discount? PAD. PA. Okay, so the code uh, to get your 25% discount is PAD, PAD. That's a code that I, yes. uh, I tend to use for a lot of the special deals that we uh, have at Get Paid for Your Pad. It's easy. P-A-D, pad. All right, sweet. Well, thank you so much, Vicky, for sharing your knowledge and congratulations with the, with the publishing of your book. And I hope uh, in the future, a lot of people will come and stay with you here in beautiful Barcelona once the borders open up. It's going to be a beautiful summer for sure. It's already nice and warm. The sun is shining almost every day. So a lot of reasons for people to come down here to Barcelona. So thank you so much. And uh, the listeners, thank you for listening to this podcast episode and uh, see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. Get paid for your pet. 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 Hey, fellow hosts, if you want to take your hosting business to the next level, then join the Short-Term Rental Profit Academy. Whether you own, rent, or manage properties, we have the resources, the tools, and the community to help you achieve your goals. The Short-Term Rental Profit Academy is ready for any host, any size, and includes a membership portal with over 50 hours of video lessons, a private Facebook group, and weekly live coaching calls where Eric and I give you direct feedback and help you solve your biggest challenges. We're all about taking action and getting results. So if you're ready to start crushing it, sign up for our program at strprofitacademy.com.